1: Welcome to our podcast, I'm Jeff Pelletier. The purpose of our podcast is a simple question, why is Israel important? Over the next many episodes, my partner Neil Johnson and I will seek to answer this question. There are just barely over 14 million descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the world today, and about 5.5 million of them live in Israel. The rest are scattered across and among the nations. For the sake of our podcast, Israel is both a country and the people. Welcome back, friends, to another edition of Israel. Why is the Middle East important? You can find us on Spreaker.com. That's Spreaker.com. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and on Google Podcasts and anywhere a great podcast can be found. This is the place where we seek to provide the church, the followers of Jesus, Yeshua, which means God saves, an understanding of the importance of the nation and the people of Israel. We want you to understand the importance of that to the Christian faith, to the everyday world, and to the end of this everyday world that's going to come at some point, the importance of Israel. In all of that. So, this is our sixth episode for my radio partner Neil Johnson and me, Jeff Pelletier. We are two followers of Jesus who, over the course of our lives, have come to see that if you want an authentic understanding of what the Christian faith is all about, you need to come to it through the First Testament, or what some call the Old Testament. And then into the New Testament, or what some people would call the fulfillment of all things in Jesus. This is the only way to really understand who you are in Christ, to come through the First Testament into the New Testament. So we've covered an overall understanding of why Israel is important in our first episode, and we've explored why some people hate the Jews. We began to present the key people in the biblical story without whom the story cannot exist Adam, Noah, Abraham, Moses, and Jesus. And today we begin to discuss Abraham. So, Neil, you have introduced me to Abraham by dividing his story into three parts called three parshots. A parshot is a portion. And the Torah is taught this way in parshots, right? Correct. Yeah. So, what are the three parshots of the Abraham story?
0: As you said, a parsha, uh, a parshot, a they are the weekly Torah readings mm-hmm. uh, that uh, every synagogue in the world reads the exact same section and portions on the Shabbat. So the
1: th- which is the Sabbath. which
0: is the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and uh, of which course, is Saturday. Which, of course, for for for, for Jews, the is Friday night through Saturday, Saturday night, right? right. right. right? Sun, That's
1: sundown to sundown. Sundown
0: to sundown
1: is how they view a day.
0: Is how they view a day. It's how the Bible calls a day, yeah. In, yeah. in the beginning, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> they read this set cycle over and over and over mm-hmm. in a year. I think there are fifty-four mm-hmm. separate. Parshah's, Parshot, however you want to say the however Hebrew say word, it's yeah.
1: Parshot. But it's a portion of Scripture. It's a, a portion. portion.
0: Yep. Yeah, and they read that over and over, and they get through the whole Torah, and then what's called, they read along with that, Jeff, uh, what's called Haftarah. Uh, it, it's from the prophets uh, along with the Torah portion, and they read that through in a, in a yearly reading cycle. Yep. So the three Parshot of,
1: Abraham. of
0: Abraham's yeah. story. Yeah. <clears throat> now there's other parshas that mention Abraham, of course, but the course. three that pertain to uh, Abraham and that I think we're going to talk about, yeah, we, are.
1: we
0: are, is uh, the first one is called lech lecha. lech
1: lecha.
0: Now, it's important to know a parshot, a parsha, the portion is always referred to as uh, uh, the name given to it means like the first defining word in the in that chapter that talks about. Uh, that portion. So lech lecha, uh, it's translated "go" or "go forth." Mm-hmm. It's got more meaning than that, and we'll touch on that in a minute, I think. But it, that first parsha, yeah. parsha, that first portion it begins in Genesis 12, and that's called lech lecha. Uh, and then there's so, two so, others.
1: So but, but mm-hmm. just, just, uh, just to take what you just said, yeah. So if we look at Genesis chapter 12, yeah, which is where this begins, right in verse one. It says now the Lord said to Abram go or right. go forth Correct. from your country. Correct. So that's why Lechlecha lecha is the is the phrase used to describe this portion. Precisely. Ah, Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's the first it's almost the first word in the portion.
0: And often it is. It's like the first uh, significant uh, hmm. identifier hmm. of that hmm. of that uh, uh Torah partial.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. So so uh, and then this. What's the second one?
0: Okay. So the second uh, uh, collection portion. of chapters yeah. Yeah. is called Va'ira, mm. and that is, and he appeared, and God, God, and he appeared, oh. Va'ira. Uh-huh. So that's the second portion.
1: And what, what what part of Genesis is that in reference to? So
0: Va'ira begins at uh, Genesis 18, ah, eighteen, and it goes through uh, Genesis twenty-two.
1: Okay, and then the third portion is.
0: And that portion, which is uh, all of it, is so significant, but that is called Hai Sarah, and that is the life of Sarah. Mm. So in the story of Abraham in the Torah reading cycle, is those three parashot. It is Lech Lecha, mm-hmm. Va'ira, and Hai Sarah. Mm.
1: Yeah. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so before we touch on Genesis 12, which is the first portion, right, right. Uh, uh, we see in chapter 11, and I'm just giving some context here for us because we've, right. we've been doing other episodes right. and it just helps people, that Abram was a descendant of Shem, and Shem was a son of Noah, right? And it's not Shemp. By the way, like the Three Stooges, it's Shem. Okay. You can't resist. Yeah, can I couldn't resist. Right. And I knew that smile on your face was going somewhere. So that Abraham was a descendant of Shem, who was a son of Noah. So that links Abraham directly back to Noah. And there, that's why Abraham's in that line of uh, that God used these five amazing people. And, and uh, Noah was one of those people, and Abram's one of his descendants. So I just wanted to bring in that in, in that continuity. So, okay, so let's turn our attention to this first portion. Okay, great. Okay, this first portion, which which is lech lecha, go forth. We don't know very much about Abraham at this point, do we? Ab- Abram, no, We just we no. just all of a sudden we get this chronology of his life yeah. in chapter eleven. Right. His descendants. Right. Who he came from and who his dad was and so forth. Right. And then boom, God says go.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, almost, almost no intro at all. We're, yeah. we're introduced to the family
1: yeah.
0: uh, in Chapter 11. Mm-hmm. And just like all of the Bible we've talked about before, it's mm. fast-paced, it's terse, it's quick, and uh, sometimes can be uh, very frustratingly uh, terse. We yeah. want more info. Yeah. But yes, we're introduced to uh, Avram. That's who he is before his name gets changed. Avram. He's Avram. Yeah. Uh, We can call him Abraham. That's what we're used to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Abram, Avram. But Avram, his wife Sarah, and his nephew Lot were introduced to them at the end of chapter 11. And in chapter 12, you know, sort of out of nowhere, as you're trying to allude to, God says, Boom. Go forth. Yeah. And that's where we get lech lecha, go. Go. And now we have some amazing things that we always have with the Hebrew language, uh, which is, what does that mean, lech lecha? Mm. Well, surely it means go forth or go, but as you and I have discussed, whenever we look at that more in-depth meaning, if you will, or what else could be involved here, we see that that lech lecha, those words are kind of rife with meaning as well, because they do mean go forth, and that's accurately translated, but it can also be read uh, on the plain meaning of it, go to yourself. Mm-hmm. So that opens up, what was God trying to tell Abraham, mm-hmm. Avram, mm-hmm. and why? Why would he say go to or go for yourself to yeah. this strange land
1: yeah, go for yourself so I, I can tell you as a, as a person who understands uh, New Testament Greek and I don't understand Hebrew well but that that would be considered a, uh, uh, a passive uh, middle tense of, of a verb which means do this but it's going to benefit you in some way right go for yourself you're going to learn something here Abraham.
0: So you've already got... You're already down the road. Yeah. Yeah, you've got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Abraham's got a plan for... Uh, God's got a plan for Abraham here. Right. As well as for his plan.
0: That's exactly right. Because yeah. what what does God want out of Abraham? Yeah. God already knows the end from the beginning. Yeah. Those of us who read the Bible know yeah. this is true. Yeah. God did not need to know if Abraham yeah. necessarily is going to go or not. <laughs> no,
1: he does not but know. But Abraham... Know. Yeah. Avram, he
0: doesn't know what he needs to learn yet. And that's the sort of hidden mystery there that God's allowing us to go through, if you will, sometimes. uh, You could call them trials or events. Some people say this suffering. But really, God is saying, I want you to go Mm. to find yourself in this. And you will come out of it with more meaning.
1: So just generally speaking for us as Christians, Neil, as followers of Jesus with the Holy Spirit, the Father, when God says go, chances are he's got something for us in that going. Precisely.
0: And and the trick becomes the hearing and the obeying, uh, as we know from other verses in Scripture, When we won't get off on this, but God says that is the highest calling is to hear my voice. Yeah. And then the equally difficult and possibly, arguably, more difficult mm-hmm. is not only did I hear, hear it, it accurately— or but now I am going to obey. obey it. Obey it. But this is for you. Yes. It's this not is for, for, for you, me. Right, yes. Right, everything that right. you're called for or yeah. or, or have, it's yeah. for you.
1: This is the economy of God's kingdom. Correct. The efficiency of God's kingdom. He doesn't waste anything.
0: Correct. As you and I have talked about a few times, and uh, it it's meaningful to me. Uh, I'll throw it out there. I use the term, God wants you to know the real you mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. Who is the you in you? Mm-hmm. See, a lot of times mm-hmm. we're confused based on a great number of things. We think the you in you, the me in me, is my job, my accolades, my yeah. wealth, my family. Yeah. But, but who is the real you in you? Some people think they are a... Uh, 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 something or other that they're really not. But God says, I want you to discover the you in you at its core. And so a lot of people think, I can't do this or that. I'm not called for this or that. Who am I that I should do this or that? But God says, the only reason I'm calling you to go forth for yourself is so that you will discover the you in you.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And also we're going to learn a great deal about God when we do what God says as well. So we learn, not only learn about us, who we are, who I am, I learn a great deal about who God is in, in, in the doing of what he says to me, for me, and and for his plan. So, Neil, right here in, in uh, Genesis 12, I just want to read uh, the first couple of verses because God is, is giving... Uh, Abram a really great reason to do what he's I mean if, if Abram needed any coaxing God is for surely giving it here he says now the Lord said to Abram go forth from your country from your relatives from your father's house to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation or a great people and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall also be a blessing. So God will bless Abram, and then Abram will become also a blessing. And and then in verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the entire earth will be blessed. Well, if Abraham needed any motivation, he certainly has gotten it here.
0: Right. Well, you would think that, uh, speaking for myself, my first reaction would be, obviously, I didn't hear God correctly. So I'll spend more time in prayer, and I'll ask my uh, pastor,
1: my friend,
0: uh, my local prophet— to have a vi- uh, a word for it. I mean I'm being silly but it's no, like no. this no, is not. enormous
1: it's enormous and, and, but but you're also pointing out other people in the Bible who have gotten instruction from God Mary comes to mind yes. when the angel comes to her and said you will bear the son of God and she requires more information right right, <laughs> right. yeah could you clarify yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, like I said frustratingly terse uh-huh. sometimes uh-huh. right uh-huh. yeah And that's a good point to make, too, as we go through this in the ensuing broadcast or broadcasts about Abraham. And that is, uh, you pointed out Mary, that's very uh, uh, crucial because, yes, she specifically heard that her offspring would be Messiah. Mm -hmm. Well, we see her down the road Mm -hmm. not getting it. Mm Mm-hmm. So even though we can have words from God, we rarely get the totality, at least of the understanding or the enormity of what that word was. But again, it goes back to the whole point of your life is God wants you to find the you in you, you the in real you in you. In you. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and uh, in order for, and this is key to both Mary and to Abram, in order to find the true meaning, you have to obey. Right. Right? You have, to, you have to, even though you don't get it, even though you're not sure, even though you require more information. As you said, Mary was told, your son will be Messiah. Right. He will save his people from their sins. Right. And she, like, there's evidence down the road where Jesus is doing stuff and she's going, what's up with this kid? Right. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And so, yeah, she's just obedient. She's obedient. She just does what she's told. And through that obedience, it is revealed to her more about what God said to her, but as you say, also tremendous amount about herself.
0: Right. Well, we can see in her life how she grew, even the little bit we see about Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's exactly right. This whole story of Abraham, Avram, is for our benefit to see, yes, what he did, how he obeyed, but also... We see your point. How did he grow, and how did he eventually apprehend that name, Father of a Multitude? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Abraham Avenu, our father Abraham. Ab-
1: Ab- Abraham Avenu. So then it says Abraham went. He just obeyed.
0: Right, yeah. So, was there any preparation? Was there any self-doubt? Was there any checking with his wife? Oh, so frustratingly quiet. You'll you'll
1: never believe what God told me to do.
0: And when did he go? The next day? The next morning? A week later? A month later? A year later? Oh, this gets frustrating. But again, the point that God wants you to to understand is, first of all, the Lord speaks. Mm -hmm. The Lord speaks all the time. It's hard on our end as the receiver to hear that voice. Yes. He never gets worked up, rarely. Yes. He's not exercised. Yeah. He's not caught off guard. And to still all of the static in our minds to hear the voice and then to obey the voice... Uh, you know, Jeff, uh, just as an aside, I have no problem because I do it myself if you think you perceive something mm-hmm. and then struggle with is it is it more of the false me and me or is it the real me and me that's hearing this because some people are very assumptive, they're very presumptive and everything is of God and they're going to just go off and do their thing. You've seen those people. There's no reigning them in. Mm-hmm. So we always live in tension in this life between hearing this voice of God and obeying.
1: And obeying. It's interesting to me, it says that Abram was 75 years old when God asked him to go. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking about people listening right now that are over 60, over 50. And maybe they think, God is done with me. You know, I, or God doesn't have a plan for my life. Or, and here, Abram. New on Curiosity Stream, we've walked with dinosaurs. We've explored our prehistoric planet, and we were always told the same story extinction came from the sky. But what if dinosaurs survived? Amazing Dino World 2. Watch it now. On CuriosityStream. With monthly, annual and bundle plans, find the one that works for you at Curiositystream.com.
0: Let's face it, most people aren't making massive turkey feasts on the regular, and after 364 days of not thinking about it, it can be hard to get that bird just right. That's where Instacart, the holiday rescue app, comes in. From getting all the ingredients to prep a full seasonal spread to getting last-minute swamps in a turkey emergency, Instacart has everything a holiday host needs to save face and save dinner. And right now, if you download Instacart, you get free delivery on your first three orders and delivery in as fast as one hour. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Seventy-five years old, and and God is going to use Abram to to uh, initiate a plan for the world that begins with Abram, right? And his firstborn son, and, and and the whole Isaac thing. We're going to talk about everything, all that. But Abram, I mean, I I just can't. Abram, seventy-five years old, and God says, "Go forth from your relatives, leave everything that." Leave your family, leave your father's house, and I'm going to show you this land. And and it's a big deal. It's a big assignment at 75. Right. So anyone who doubts God's plan, anyone who doubts, God's not done with you. I I say this to people all the time. If you think God is done with you, you're mistaken.
0: Right. That's exactly right. And God will work on a person— Uh, Maybe I should say I'm a case in point. But he will work on a person, regardless of your age, even to the very last day, that you can finally know the real you You, in you. Who are you? And we see in the Bible, Jeff, this is important, that yes, God himself renames Sarah and Abraham. He gives them a new name. But God has a name for each of us, too a heavenly name, if you will, mm. uh, a name that defines who you are, what you are. And I don't claim that you should pray for that or know that or ever hear that. But just this example is telling us that God has a way of thinking of each one of us, and he will work this, as you say, Avram, right, mm-hmm. 75 years old, mm-hmm. when God tells him to leave Haran.
1: Mm-hmm
0: the city of Haran, the, the northern Syria-Turkish border area, which I think is significant, but we won't go off too much on that. But he came south into the land of what was where the Canites live, which becomes the land of Israel. Mm-hmm. And that city where we're reading this, yeah. that city means crossroads. Hmm. So you could say that we're going to read about how faithful Avram abraham is to god's voice but he is like all of us also he was living at a crossroads when the voice came to him it's very interesting
1: that is very interesting he was living at a crossroads and god gives him a specific direction to go so he's no longer at the crossroads he could have stayed (laughs) he could have stayed right there So Neil, we talked about uh, God at uh, Naamah at us living in a town that means crossroads, right? The word means crossroads, and and God tells him to take a left, <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly, no, a left, yeah, left, <laughs> <laughs> and and but he but he does it in such a way that it's uh, leave your relatives, leave your father's house. Uh, Go to the land I will show you And so in in verse 4 it says Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him And Lot, he brought Lot with him We're going to talk about Lot Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran So Abram took Sari, his wife, and Lot, his nephew And all their possessions which he had accumulated And the persons they had acquired in Haran And they set out for the land of Canaan Thus they came to the land of Canaan. So who are these
0: persons? Right, exactly correct. Uh, Abraham's first trial, the leaving all that you know. And then it tells us who he left with, because we see these characters, these players throughout. Sarah, who's a type, a picture of something. And Lot, his nephew. We're going to see Lot again. But who are these others that you mentioned, these uh, possessions they had accumulated? Well, obviously, at this point, Abraham is not destitute. doesn't say he's rich or vast flocks or anything, but he had accumulated something. Mm -hmm. He had also accumulated persons. Now, this is a precursor, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be reminiscent when you read the story, if you will, because the types get repeated over and over and over in lives and events, all leading up to the Messiah. He left Haran with these possessions and these people. Well, in the Exodus story itself, we to go ahead a little bit in the the, the unfolding revelation of God... It says that out of Egypt, it says a mixed multitude went out with the Israelites. We're showing here in this verse that here is our father Abraham, hmm. the beginning of the Jewish people. This is the story. This is now we're going to transition and have a, a lineage of redemption through the through the Jewish people after Abraham. But it's already telling us that Abraham also collected a mixed multitude of people, if you will. Mm -hmm. And there's much commentary on the fact that while Abraham did not know all of God necessarily, at least as we read it in Scripture, because God comes to Moshe, Moses later, and reveals his covenant, statutes, Torah, and so on, Mm -hmm. what he did know, he taught to the people who accumulated around him, these people. And that's very significant Mm -hmm. because if you are a follower of Messiah, you will also instruct and disciple and teach those who come around you. And that's exactly what we see Abraham did. And when we finally get to Jesus himself, the perfect, we'll see that he gathered great multitudes and instructed them as well. So again, this is all repeated completely. Over and over, the pictures, the types, the examples.
1: So many people in my life have looked at these persons that he had acquired as slaves. Oh, yeah, as slaves. And there you go. There it is. Slavery in the Bible. God, how could Mm -hmm. Abraham be so holy and righteous if he had slaves? Blah blah blah. And it's just not. I mean, you have to you have to infer that. Right. It's not. It's not about that at all. Right. In order for Abram to make a, a journey that he's making. He's going to need help, right? Right. He's going to need help, and so he has these people that are w- are, are traveling with him. Well, a- and sure. it it doesn't say that he owned them and that they were his slaves. But uh, again, it, it's easy to go there if you're uh, a, if you're a doubter or you you want it to say that you can make it say that. But they set out they set out for the land of Canaan uh, because that was the direction. God said, go this, go this way, and God started to lead them, and he was leading them towards Canaan. And Abram passed through the land, it says in verse 6, as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moray, the, and, and the Canaanite, or the merchants, or the, it was a place of commerce, uh, uh, and it was a place of business, were, were in the land. And Abram, and and the Lord says to Abram, to your descendants, I will give this land. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. Isn't that interesting? Right. So we we see the Lord appeared, or or Yahweh, or the Father, or God appeared to Abraham and said, I will give you this land.
0: Right. So right there, as you said, he has a great promise and incentive to go. He he uh, is sort of overwhelming if you take it in the natural. To, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would think for myself, wait a minute, this is probably uh, a lifetime's worth of hearing from God that I'll have all these descendants and I'm an old man and I'll have all of this land. But yes, this whole, this biblical city of Shechem, which is today's modern Nablus, it's in disputed territory called the West Bank. That's incredibly important too, because mm-hmm. this is where Abraham walked. Mm. And it's important to understand for our listeners that God speaks often about walking and wherever the, the, the soles of your feet tread and uh, uh, blessed on the on on mountains are the feet of them who bring good news, and all the places that your feet, you know, that you walk will be yours. It's very symbolic when Jewish people, those of the promise, walk a specific land. So just to digress real quickly here, it's very interesting too that today Jews are once again walking on top of Mm. the platform in Jerusalem of the Temple Mount. They have for years been down below in one of the retaining walls called the Western Wall and they would pray there at the Western Wall. But more and more rabbis and more and more Jews are saying, no, we can walk up on top where the holy place was, where the temple was. And that is also symbolic for people who know what this means when God says walk so back to our story yes God told him to walk mm-hmm. in the land of Canaan mm-hmm.
1: so it, it, and it's it's interesting uh, that God is giving Abraham land that is already occupied by someone okay whoever the Canaanites were and we, right. we can do the research on them the archaeological research but God says, "I will give you this land," and that begins, right? That that's the, that's the beginning of this understanding that there is a specific spot on the planet, right, where God will establish, right, His people
0: very through
1: nice. through Abraham, right, and His son Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth. So it, it's a very important thing for us to see that this first trial of Abraham is go right and he passes the test right he says yes and he's obedient and he goes and he goes to a specific spot on the globe right where God tells him to go and God has this land for Abraham and his descendants right and right. we're going to we're going to see how this unfolds here in the next in the next episode right. but it's very very important to your descendants in verse 7 to your descendants it doesn't say some it's all of your descendants i will give this land so abraham built an altar there to where god had appeared to him what what is the significance of abraham building an altar at that moment in that at that place in in that point in time what's the purpose of that what does an altar do
0: right so an altar uh, what does it do well for one thing it specifically identifies you with the person you are building the altar to okay and the person or thing reality their relationship back to you mm-hmm. so in this case we know that the one true God, the Jews refer to him as Hashem, mm-hmm. Christians call it Jehovah, mm-hmm. it's the yud vav it's the ineffable name Yahweh, that is the altar, the recognition, the worship place that Abraham said at this spot here in Bethel, and it's very significant where it was located between A and Bethel, that that was his First altar in the land of the Canaanites, which was a, a, a bunch of different people all yep. referred to as inhabiting the, the, yep. that land, yep. to God at that spot mm-hmm. that's now disputed today and is a hotbed of resistance. Also very interesting to Jehovah to Yahweh. So that was the that was the altar and that was the intent that. So, Abraham will build that,
1: and and when altars are built like that, it's it's both a marker, right? It's Correct. both a marker and a tribute, right? And and a tribute, a recognition of the giver of the of the of the one being worshipped, and that altar it's a, it's a placeholder, and and he's right there at the land, and he builds an altar on the land, right? So he's building it on the land God has told him is his and his descendants. This is a this is a marker, it's a significant point for everyone to see that something has happened here at this point, at this place. Right. And and so so I think I, I think we're at a good place where we need to where we need to wrap this up. Uh, and, and like folks stay tuned because we're we're learning here that Israel is a particular place and it is a particular people and we're learning about through the story of Abraham how God has revealed this to us and Abraham's existence is not in doubt by by the three big religions on the planet the three biggest re- everybody agrees this man existed right and there are different interpretations of what of what he of what happened here but we are learning we are learning through the Jewish scripture which has been in existence way longer than any other scripture and meticulously transcribed by hand by hand over and over and over again over the eons of time without error no error can be found in the transcriptions they are 100% the same no other no other document no other religious document can say this about itself that they are without variation without error and we are reading about abram and this important this important establishment of a nation at this moment at that place in a particular spot on the planet it's wonderful and anyone who denies it, I don't know what to tell them because they're in big trouble if they're in denial about this. But we have we have something here that is is uh, is quite remarkable, and we're going to pick this up with the next challenge that Abraham, uh, the next trial that Abraham. I won't tell you what it is, uh, folks. I want you to go to our Facebook page. Uh, why is why Israel is important? You go on Facebook on our Facebook page, and there's a post there just as a current event of the 20, as a post there about 2,600 missiles that have been fired at Israel over the course of a period of years. 2,600 missiles just lobbed generally speaking, just lobbed into the nation of Israel to kill whomever they kill. They're, they're, they're targeted mostly at civilians, and those are the, civ- and the civilians are the ones that are, but Folks, can you imagine 2,600 missiles coming into your neighborhood? Can you imagine living like that? It must be important. Why would it be so? Why would there be such an intent to destroy it? And we also have heard today in the news a great, a great peace has been uh, enacted, and we hope it sticks, and we hope it, we hope it stays. But a great uh, peace has been acted between Israel and
0: um, that would be with the United Arab Emirates.
1: The United uh, Arab Emirates, and it's a it's a it, it's a historic thing that has happened. It has happened, uh, but we and we pray that it lasts, and we pray that it is that it stays, uh, and we pray for it uh, in Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, so, folks, uh, the next time we come. Uh, back to you. We're going to begin. We're going to be looking at Abraham's next trial. I hope you've enjoyed uh, this this little journey we've taken with Abram so far, and the recognition of what he, what, what God is doing through Abram. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and it's so powerful for you as a Christian to understand this important step that God is taking here with Abram and this land. So we look forward to seeing you next time. listening, so we won't see you, but we'll, <laughs> we'll be with you next time. And uh, go to our go to our uh, Spreaker.com page. There's an email there where you can click and, and send us your thoughts about the episode. And, of course, uh, you can visit our Facebook page and interact, post things. We'll interact with you. We would just love it. So why is Israel important? Facebook on Facebook, uh, a very important thing. Uh, We look forward to uh, hearing from you. Uh, Shalom. Be well. Take care.